welcome. What do I usually say? No. <laughs> this is the Brothers Catch Up. It's a weekly podcast where two brothers come together and just catch up. Oh, that's right. I'm your host. Well, no. Yeah, you'd say... We're your yeah, hosts. Well, I'm your host, Sal Biazzi, and this is my brother, Frankie Biazzi. Is that what I said? Do I ever say I'm the host? I don't, I don't ever think I say that. I don't feel like a host. Yeah, I don't think... I don't, I don't even really have a host. Are we, we hosting? Just talk. No, we no. just talk. All right, this is good. This is fine. Okay. We have no sponsors. Nope. Or really... A, we have nothing. Especially after the Dolphins lost. We have no football team. I have no hope. We have no hope. <laughs> We have no reason to live. I have no happiness. <laughs> That's not, I have literally have a daughter being born in two months, and if my wife heard me say that, which she will when she listens to this. That's a good test to see if she's really <laughs> listening to her podcast. The Miami Dolphins, usually we do, all right, if you're a new listener, usually we start with football, so we will start with football today. The Miami Dolphins went out there and got their asses handed to them by the Buffalo Bills. As is normal, whatever the B- Dolphins wait. Because I've been a Dolphin fan longer than you. Correct. I just want to say, whenever the Dolphins have to play the Buffalo Bills in a big spot with literally anything at all on the line, they will not only fail to win that game, they will literally embarrass themselves in every conceivable fashion before doing the though. Yeah, it it wasn't fun. Like, I really didn't expect it to go that poorly like i didn't know what to expect but i was excited i thought there i really was a thought we were gonna, we were gonna play good. well yeah we, we played our worst we're gonna game like of the really year. represent ourselves no, well we played our worst <laughs> really game did. of the year but in the biggest spot of the year i gotta really tip my hat and give all the credit in the world to the buffalo bills i've watched them come through all this from They're afar fucking awesome you guys are so good and we knew going into this game that it was gonna be like a really difficult game I we really underestimated, underestimated how, how far difficult ahead of us you be. are. Yeah, they're they're much better. Team. But you're kind of what we want our our rebuild trajectory to look like. We have our quarterback this year, and hopefully in the offseason he's going to get better, and we'll see what happens. And that's all I really want to say about the Dolphins. They didn't look good today. I really appreciate everything they did for us throughout the year. There was a lot of really high moments this season, and I really look forward to what this team can be going forward. But today really sucked, <laughs> and... And there's a lot of hard questions that have to be asked in this long off season that we're going into. You know when I knew it was bad I, during games when it doesn't look good. I like to say like, and I only do this with football. I don't do it with baseball. Like if I'm watching a Yankee game and we go down, like I'm not like well, that's it, fucking turn it off. I'm not like that kind of fan. Um, but with football, I kind of am. Like I'm, I'm like oh fuck, this game, this game's done. And most of, well, not mostly, every time, you're always like, no, I gotta be positive. Today, you weren't giving me any of that. You were just, like, letting me go, which meant, like, you felt it, too, that it was like, yeah, like, this is it. We have no shot in this game. And that was only when there was, like, 14-3. to 3. I was saying when it was 14-3, to 3, I was like, this feels, it felt like they were just gonna go. You know, I've seen so many games in so many moments where the Dolphins, the Dolphins aren't like the Browns and they aren't like the Jets and they aren't like the Jaguars in a lot of ways. Like we've had a few seasons where we've been pitiful, but for the most part, they're just mediocre. We're right there. We're as good as you could possibly be in order to break your heart. 
And this year, they found a way to beat everything you want in a football team. They were a brotherhood of guys who went out there and not only played hard. At time, they really imposed their will on their opponents and, and played a fun brand of the football. The Rams game, the 49ers game, the and, Cardinals game was fun. Like, it was just... And in the end, what I'm really mad at is how much they made me love them. Yeah, I was going to say that. I, gonna, I really hope that doesn't get lost with this team, is how fun of a season it really was. Like, I don't know. I don't. I wasn't expecting 10 wins, but at the same time, like, I thought they were going to be better than they, what people they said they were going to be. They were as good as the record, if not better. So it was like, it was just really, it was a fun team to watch. It sucks that they come up short, but you know what? Bright, bright future ahead. Draft picks, cap space. Listen. It's not that it sucks that they came up short, because I agree. It does suck they came up short. The problem really is you're not as good as you think you are because you didn't just get embarrassed in the game where you had everything to play for and your opponent had nothing really to play for. Well, they wanted that two seed, but yeah. You, I, All I could think about throughout the entire second half was the opening scene in American History X. Like, <laughs> How so? When you've already won the fight, but now it's like you have to bite the curb, and like I have to watch it. <laughs> like, yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah, it's a good. It's a very good example. And, of what it was. Well, that's why what I was gonna say. I'm not gonna say the word, but it was the R word. You know, it was like, it was, yeah, they took us behind the shed, <laughs> just, and they just, they just gave it to it, us, yeah. and we didn't want it. And we tried to resist. Which, by the way, this kind of... I thought about this as I was thinking like of using that word. Isn't it funny how, like, vocabulary changes over time? Like, do you remember back in, like... I don't know. Like, I remember playing Halo and then into Call of Duty in the early years. So, like, we're talking, like, 2009 probably on the later end and then in the earlier end, like, 2005-ish. So, for, like, those five years, how flagrantly... 13-year-olds were just throwing the rape word around. <laughs> a lot of words like that. Like, a lot, yeah. No, it's crazy. The The initial Xbox internet period was a, was really a beautiful place. But that's why I said before we came on air, I said I hate the internet today. I really do miss, like, people cr- really say bad things about 4chan, but they don't know what the hell they're talking about. What makes 4chan special, and it's not anymore... Because they've gotten everywhere. But there used, there was a time not too long ago on the internet, Reddit and Tumblr and like, I don't know, name it. There were so many websites that were really just places where you could go and interact with anyone else. And no one told you what you could or could not say or discuss. And that was good and healthy. And now what happens is behind the scenes all these conversations are edited, really. They're, they're editorialized at least by moderators and advertisers and corporate interests to the point where now well, you have nowhere to that's speak. That's because the internet went from being a land full of everything to now it's just like everything else, right? Like, yes, there still exist thousands of websites and, and thousands and thousands of things for you to look at. But really, it's Facebook, Twitter, uh Google, yeah, YouTube, 
Pornhub. The, the big like monopolies those, like have those sucked up people's like, attention. Those websites think get about, the attention. Think about how valuable attention is always, like, oh, you know, your attention, uh, your time, all these things, like how valuable it is. And then how prevalent and on display it is when you look at like big tech and social media and how they commoditize, commoditize your information and your literal attention span on their websites and turn it into their power and their money. Yeah. It's crazy. But I, we're not done with football because today didn't it, the Dolphins didn't just break our hearts because they got – We are literally done with wait, football. Wait, There's wait. not another football game I get to watch where my team plays this year. We didn't talk about how it wasn't just that we lost that was the problem. There's everything else crumbling around We had – I sent you a chart before the game, which is why I did what I think probably is the reason why we lost. Dolphins fans around the country, if somehow you find this podcast, I want you to know it is my fault for everything that transpired today because I stupidly, before the game, called my wife while she was at Trader Joe's shopping and I asked her if she <laughs> could pick me up a bottle of champagne because when the Dolphins – Inevitably made it to the playoff, win or lose today. I wanted to pop champagne. This goes back to actually, like, I think it was like three weeks ago, or maybe four weeks ago. It was right before the Chiefs game. Yeah. The playoff picture chart, we were in the playoff picture. Like, we had a spot. We were in a seating, seated position. We're in the playoffs currently, if it was to end. The Ravens were not. And they had a much higher percent chance of making the playoffs than us. And I actually took that as the sign of, like, we're not going to, like, you're just not going to get there. Because it, you need it to win tough games, and the teams you need it to lose were playing nobodies. And this is what happens. We had an inside track at it the whole way. And then coming up on the post... We lost it to the outside horse by a nose. Essentially, what happened. I mean, you're a ten. You're a ten and sixteen. That's good. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Though. No, no, not at all. But you needed to be eleven and five if you wanted to play in the playoffs. Ten and six teams don't typically miss the playoffs. Yes, this year it did. I mean, think about it this way: if we would have won today, the Colts would have missed the playoffs with eleven wins. Yeah, probably. Well, yes, definitely. Like, think if you're a Colts fan. You'd if, be... if we would have won today and they're sitting there, not in the playoffs, after winning the game you had to win and you're 11-5 and five, and you're like, wow, we missed the playoffs. So, it could always be worse, I guess, but... And in the end, the Texans put up a big fight against the, the Titans. Titans, but ultimately, the Texans so, lost. Third pick in the draft is secured. And that's great. But the draft thing is, is super weird now because of the display Justin Fields had against uh, that Clemson. That 60-yard bomb was impeccable. It completely changes the value of that Jets draft pick, especially if he looks great against Alabama. If he looks great against Alabama and gives them a run for their money, I mean, the Jets, would I think, would be crazy to draft Justin Fields. As good as I think Justin Fields is, I mean, trade that pick back. You can get a fucking treasure trove. No. And I think you just build around Sam Donald. You could put a bunch of pieces around him. People no. are going to be dying to get into that second spot. I think the Jets are going to move on from Donald. I think so, too. I think ultimately they'll probably draft there. But I, if I was them, I'd be moving back. But. Congratulations to the Jets, too. If you're Jets fans, listen to this. I really appreciate the suffering you endured this year. It was fun for me to watch 
uh, you rid yourself of Adam Gase, who now we can both share as our um, you know past ghost coaches. If you're anything like us, though, your next coach will be the guy. So, maybe. So, this... You know how I can kind of fall down little rabbit holes of new interests? Yeah. I kind of found one. I think I I sent you the video yesterday. Yeah. You know, as I clicked on the video and it popped up, that was exactly the first thought I had. It was like, where the fuck does he find this shit? (laughs) Like, what? how... How a terrarium video just comes across your lap. Like, oh, yeah. This I guess is my new interest. Uh, this guy build a terrarium, and now I'm going to order a jar and make a terrarium. Yeah, now I definitely want to fill my house with a bunch of closed habitat terrariums. But it was kind of cool. I did watch it. But can you put animals in them? What do you mean put animals in them? Yes. No. I mean bugs. Well, the way you do it... The ecosystem kind of starts to self-sustain, so the bug populations grow and and grow themselves, essentially. Yeah, but, like, what's the point? I mean, what do you mean? You create, you're essentially creating, first of all, it's kind of more like an art piece, right? You're putting your, but it's also like an aquarium. It's just a terrarium. there's just nothing in it. It's just like But there is stuff in it. Dirt and leaves. And sticks. And bugs. And people come to your house and they're like, oh, that's a nice, uh, it's a nice jar. Like, I don't see, I don't think there's that much of a difference between like me pissing in a jar and then leaving that out. Like, no. People would come over and be like, what the fuck, dude? I have a buddy of piss and shit just laying around your house. It's an art piece. No. I piss in different shaped jars and it looks cool. No, dude, you're just pissing in your house. I did say, what if they fall over and the bugs fall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other thing is like, like not only do you have dogs that are definitely going to knock it over, you're going to have like a kid wandering around your house, possibly knocking it over. But I think it's risky to just have jars of bugs around your house. No, it seems very relaxing to me to just kind of go around outside in nature with my glass jar that's going to be airtight, my little bottom substrate, nice little mesh over that i did think it was cool (laughs) that he was creating uh so in this guy's video he lays like this rock base so that the water self-sustains and yeah that's what happens collects and then like it creates it becomes its own little water cycle and i thought that was really cool but still i think it's if america were to theoretically get nuked right as long as that glass jar doesn't shatter Everything in there should be a hundred percent fine. Well, it's my little like own little planet in there. Maybe someday it'll be a civilization. Is that how it works? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't. <laughs> it'll just be bugs. Well, you know what's but always fascinated me until it dies. It, it'll eventually get molded. What is always and die, fascinated probably, me is like if you watch like How the Grinch Stole Christmas or like Horton Hears a Who. The beginnings of those movies and the ends of those movies, they zoom in. On something so minute, like How the Grinch Stole Christmas, like inside of a snowflake. And you're like, whoa. And you forget about that as you watch the movie. And then you pan out and you're like, right, they're so <laughs> tiny. And it's like, I wonder. We're just sitting on someone's desk in a glass yeah, like, jar. The, like the little, in that little jar that you make, in there, there's like one little organism. It's like, 
this is my whole world. Yeah. To you, it's just like this little thing. Oh, yeah. We're definitely like that to some organism out there, don't you oh, think? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, did, the were grand... we talking about space whales? Was I talking to you about space whales? No. I thought of someone about it. Maybe Rachel. Space whales? <clears throat> yeah. I think of the episode of Doctor Who where there's the space whale that guides, that like flies yes. them. That's why it was definitely talking to Rachel about it. Cause That's we were episode about... two of season five. No. Yes. Literally is. <laughs> okay. It might be. It, it is. <laughs> we were just talking about it. But space whales show up in a bunch of different science fiction, and the concept is like these giant, obviously whale-like creatures that travel through space rather than the sea. But I was thinking about, like, can you imagine, like, a borderline psychic whale, s- whale that flies throughout space that, like, looks at... You know, humanity is like something so pathetic. No, I literally cannot wrap my brain around that. I'd be crazy though. Yeah, so would like anything. Like <laughs> so would aliens. So would everything is crazy. Yeah, but you know what? Let me dream though. I like. I've never the once really have given thought to space whales, and maybe that's my fault. <laughs> maybe I should open my brain a little bit more and think yeah, about space whales. I think, whales. Space, I think like, the idea. Of large organisms in space that look at our life form as being tiny and insignificant. Well, yeah, you know, um, they have that. Oh, it's like a it's like a GIF where they start in with like us, and then like another planet, and then like the sun, and then like the next biggest star, and then the galaxy, and then the, and you keep zooming out, and zooming out, and zooming out, and zooming out, and zooming out. And by the time you're done with that, you realize like how meaningless earth is yeah which means like you're even more meaningless it's like well that's that carl sagan quote well the pale blue dot yes yeah i don't know the quote but it's from that book right yeah yeah um i was thinking about it this way too the other day watching videos it was a trend a while ago but it's kind of come back a little bit and it i guess it'll never go away and i never really liked it but the more it goes on the more i don't like it because i think it's sadistic it's this fascination with taking a molten metal of some kind, usually like lead or aluminum or something like that, and then pouring it in like very large ant hills or bee colonies and stuff like that to get the shape. That's pretty cool. But I know what you're saying. <laughs> like, I, it is cool, I guess, the first time, but the, all the shapes don't. It, when you pull it out, it's not cool looking, really, most of the time. It'd be like if... Like, because are you thinking about it in the sense of, like, if someone did that to us, well, like, treated us like I that, think that it's not impossible that there's life out there that could potentially look at a planet like Earth and be like the person with a, mic- a magnifying glass over the anthill. And I would never want them to treat us like that. Yeah, but, like, you eat chicken. You eat meat. What's the difference? Why why ants? Why why do you feel this way towards ants? Also, I mean, I rem- I know for a fact as a kid you'd kill ants with baseball bats. So. Sure, but that, that I mean I think that's different from like adults on YouTube going around with molten metal and just like you're essentially like when you kick over the the colony and just close the hill, you're not killing every ant in the colony. When you pour the molten lead that goes through like most of the tunnel system. I don't know. I feel like it's a crazy. It's it's a genocidal act. Do you know what line of work we're both in? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> well, our job. Don't say it. It's our, separate. Right. 
We're different people. But if we my, weren't, my point remains. Like I don't know why. Like answer. <laughs> it's nothing personal. I'm just saying it relates. Like we have a and a disconnect, but that's a separate ecosystem colony. Like that is their whole civilization. Well, this is why you need to build your terrarium. You can protect all the ants. I don't want to protect them. I'm just saying that. If there is a giant organism out there with a proverbial like a whale gallon of yeah a giant whale like there's a whale, sentient whale like, how would you feel if the whale that has a molten lava. lava all over our earth just to get like a case I'm telling you I've been obsessed with just this put it on its desk with this Yellowstone super volcano yeah I'm obsessed with it it's like due to erupt but what that really means is like anywhere in from a couple like thousand now years. to like two thousand years it's like in that window it's like yeah it could erupt today it could also erupt 2,000 years from now where like my grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren will have passed by then but it's still fascinating to be like what if that just like goes because that kind of goes back to like how meaningless things are like I mean we're talking about in the blink of an eye humanity as we know it is completely changed and we're on we just start the clock towards the end of all civilization do you think we'll still be able to record podcasts no no, not at all. Hmm. Yeah. We'd all be dead. <laughs> I hate when we get to the we'll all be dead phase of the podcast before an hour is All up. right, that's it. Quick episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how we actually end the episodes. Whenever we get to the, and we're all dead. All right, well, we got to that point in the conversation. Welcome to another we... episode. Of we're all dead. <laughs> at the end of the episode, we realize that nothing matters and we're all Hurling towards the imminent destruction. I don't actually believe that. Listen, the truth is never as bad as we think it is. Correct. But it's also never as good as we think it is. Correct. So, I mean, who knows? That's my point, right? It's just like, try to live your life. Enjoy it. This is why... Don't get get too upset about the Star Wars prequels. No, wait, wait. It's not going to make sense in this order, but I want to say... This is what led me to text you this week. Oh, about democracy. About democracy. It's literally exactly the sentiment. I think we might not... We can talk about it. Because I... Two separate trains. Two separate trains of thought. Okay. One, I texted you, democracy is the most overrated concept in the history of man. You also tweeted it. So you're very proud with your thought. I think that's true. I I think I can defend it. Number one. Most overrated? Yes. Number two... I don't know. What led me to send that is because I do think that we're better off at this point just ignoring. Let CNN and MSNBC and the Washington Post and the New York Times and the Daily News, all of them, on either side, let them all write and report on whatever the fuck they want to report. And let's literally ignore them, but not like the metaphorical or hypothetical ignore them people usually say. I mean, like, actually, literally let them do it and completely disregard everything they say. And instead, just all go and form our own government completely separate from everyone else. What's that dude who somehow works at ESPN but is also the worst political mind in our country? Oh, man. What was Oberman? Yeah, Keith Oberman. Okay. I hate him. Yeah, he's awful. I haven't watched him speak in years since Trump won. Actually, that's not true because I watched the Korean baseball when our baseball wasn't working and he was on them. And you know what? Not for nothing. As much as I don't like that dude, when he's, he's not talking about politics yeah. and he's just talking about sports, like, dude, just stick to that. Which I think is like most people. But whatever. Um, like us. He was talking about the election and like, 
how the Republicans are trying to ruin our democracy. And I thought back to your text, and I was like, yeah, like, fuck this guy. And fuck that. Like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I don't... Who cares if we ruin our democracy? Who cares if we ruin our government? Our government sucks. Our government right hasn't done anything. Well, before we get the all the agencies in the actual U.S. government, this is all hypothetical, and these are all jokes. This is made for comedy purposes and entertainment. So no one take us seriously no, when we say this. This is a call to arms. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, dude. The SWAT is going to descend on this location. Um, Bring it. As much as we say that, though, in reality, um, yeah, I, I do think okay, that so democracy is the most right, overrated so let's, concept. Let's dissect this because I yeah. think this is very interesting. Because I've been racking my brain since you texted me about it and like trying to think of like two things, right? It's like number one, what can I think of that is more overrated than democracy? And then two, well, what would you propose? Like, what's right. what's a better form than democracy? So the first so thing, let's let's attack. What's what could be more overrated? I think we should start at the telegram. Why I say it? Okay. And I think if we really measure what democracy is, we have a few examples throughout human history on what it has accomplished and achieved and done. It's a lot of really good things, right? So, like, we have the Greek, the Greek example. We have the Roman forums. We have all these examples of like republics and whatever you want to classify as democracy. It's kind of a loose term at this point that gets applied to a lot of things and it's never really applied absolutely correctly but when you apply it to what we apply it to we say a democracy in american context our constitutional republic i think we have to say like what is it about america that actually is good that we actually are proud of that we actually appreciate when we say the american dream and all these things that make us really want to preserve what america is and what makes people want to come to america it all makes that all starts with the is it democracy? The, no, no, no. It's, it's not, not democracy. democracy. The idea is: remember why America was founded? It was people who wanted to start their own fucking life, and they didn't want anyone telling them what to goddamn do. Now, to be fair, part of that is the ability to vote, the right to voice your opinion. So, part of it is the democracy aspect. But when you actually look at how we apply our democracy it's not the democracy itself that's actually good it's the constitution I'm in try- a lot of ways i'm trying to think though like i'm like almost um I'm trying to use like an analogy i'm almost thinking like um like imagine like a really sticky gum and you start playing with it and you blow a big bubble and it gets like stuck on your on like your cheek and then you try to pick it off and then it gets stuck to your finger and then you keep doing it. And then by the time you're done, it's just so, you're just so full with gum. And that's kind of how I feel about democracy. Is like we're so just since day one, it, everything has been going. You add this, you add this, you add this, and now it is such a it's so, like democracy now is so different than what the democracy was when it started. And I think it doesn't work. What do you do? Like you can't keep going forward. At some point, I think you have to go backwards. And to classify doesn't work. I mean, like, we all have to come to the realization as a people on both sides of the aisle that before Donald Trump even entered nomenclature in terms of what we talk about as thinking political citizens. I think everyone hated the government then, still. We on both sides of the aisle knew that the people we elected to represent us weren't really representing our interests. They were representing the interests of the people in D.C., the lobbyist class, 
the elitist political class, the intelligence class, the CIA. You know, these these are what really got its way in our government, not the people, right? Our government had essentially been hijacked. And it wasn't until the election of Donald Trump that a lot of people even had hope that things were going forward in maybe a positive direction. But it also did the exact opposite, too. Like, yes. it also, yes, I, it did spark that feeling, but it also sparked the complete other side of the aisle saying we're all fucking doomed, which is actually almost kind of nice because it's like, thank you. We've yeah. been trying to tell you that. I think they have it wrong personally, but so now, so now let's say we are enter. I know my voice cracked a little bit. Twelve year old. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Sorry for your ears. Sorry if that hurt. Um, but now, as we're possibly and probably entering a post-Trump era, we have to look at really what the actual look at what we've actually done in our lifetimes. I'm going to look at me because I'm 30 now. So, like, it's no longer I'm the this youthful kid looking for my political no. heroes to save me. Because that's what it... You're an adult who has to navigate this this landscape. Now. Yes. So, I will look to what I've done in the past. I first was wooed by Barack Obama and believed that he was going to be the one that offered change. But, and Hold on. I, but I think this is... I think where you're going, and maybe I'm wrong, but... I think that's what like, happens to everybody. Not everybody, but a lot of people is at a young age, they get wrapped up in it. Then they either change their mind or they don't. And then they get super involved. They get excited about something. And then they, re- when they finally get kicked in the teeth enough times and say, this doesn't work, it's all a bunch of shit. What do you do? You give up. Most people. Yeah. I started a podcast. No. In reality, though, where we're at in terms of our democracy, we have to look at the actual repercussions of the votes we made. So, like, Barack Obama had a consequence. And unfortunately, what we have to recognize is that there really wasn't much of a distinction between the presidency of Barack Obama and the hypothetical presidency of whatever Mitt Romney would have done. And similarly with him and John McCain, although I think... In the instance where you compare Barack Obama to John McCain, John McCain is actually a lot more horrifying to me because John McCain's alliances with he has a long track but record. My my point is like none of this even matters. Like that, that shit doesn't matter because what but like what you're saying like the consequence. The consequence is like look at now. Look at how fucking powerful the the left Democrats are. They have now taken... They have now... A, they're the party of science now. Like, if you disagree with them, you're now a science hater. You're a fool. There is no spoon. I don't know what that means. The Matrix. Oh. <laughs> you ever see that? You no. ever seen? Okay. All right. So, in The Matrix. So, you just said something that I'm... That I don't even think relates to what I had said before. Forget how powerful the left is. Because my initial point is what? Democracy is the most overrated concept in the history of mankind, yes. right? It's not about the left. It's not about Barack Obama. It's not about liberals. Our system has been weaponized against us. Exactly. Democracy is supposed to be a prevention from the ruling class ascending and, and asserting over. power. And they've used the democracy as wrong. a weapon. Yes. Your and idea like, is wrong. It's like, hey, no, that's not what democracy... But that's what I said, right? Like, the first people who came here came here... To live their life 
without anyone telling them what the fuck to do. Yeah. They'd be horrified now. Because now what do we do is we just follow everything we're told to do. And and you have no autonomy from the yes. government. They yeah. tax you so, indiscriminately. What's... What, what do you... Well... Well, like, <laughs> well that's what I was saying. It's not democracy. Okay. So this is the interesting point. I think you can achieve... I think democracy is good. But I think the size and scale of the government is important for us to really look at because over time I think it's now been proven true that you cannot prevent consolidation of power in large governing systems. Well, that's government. The issue. the issue is power. Humanity, in terms of happiness or in terms of, let's say, it's hard to judge quality of life but like were the native american nomads or the tribes not nomads but some of them were nomads were they happier than us today oh for sure maybe i think for sure now were they living as long well you know it's funny maybe because everyone always throws on like the, the life expectancy life expectancy is different like the average life it's all skewed from back then because people were dying a lot earlier. But the people who lived long would live long. So, yes, you could live just as long. It's just a matter of if you could get there. So, Plato, writing with Socrates, right? Through Socrates. Stating that, you know, democracy is... I've, I'm going to butcher this. Want to Google it? No, it's not worth it. Disinformation time. Essentially saying that giving the masses power isn't worth it. Like, it's not a good system when you have the common people because most people voting are ignorant. I think that that has been exploited. If you think about it like a video game, you try and write the rules in the code of the game in order to eliminate the possibility of people being able to circumvent your intended game. It's like the speedrunners who like know how to get to a specific scene, quit the game, and then restart it, and you're automatically at the end of the game. The powerful and the wealthy in our society and our culture, not just America, I just mean human society. But that's what I just said, though, before, is like power is the problem. In everyone's life, everyone, no one's perfect, right? We're all capable of doing things that are wrong. And everyone is, are, everyone is capable of doing something that, you know, you almost wouldn't believe they could do. In real life, in the world, the people who are willing to do the worst things tend to be able to get away with a lot just because people don't believe they would do it. And that shit is scary when you apply it to our government. Because so much of the corruption is so brazen and right in front of your face that people aren't willing to recognize it for what it is because of what it is. Because of how the audacity of it. Yeah, people don't want to believe. Well, it, I'm going to drop it. We haven't dropped the <laughs> word yet on the podcast, but I'm going to drop it. Woo! Pizzagate. Hey, oh. Pizzagate is that, right? Like, the reason people don't believe it is because they don't. One, they don't want to believe it. How could they? There's no way. But it's like, well, 
there's a lot of shit that the government does that like is really fucked up and it's like right in front of our faces. Like if they're gonna do that, like why wouldn't they do this? It's like And it's not everyone. Like that's why I think like it's there's like two types of people. It's like people who understand the government actively hates you. They they hate you. That time. You no, all the time. They you need stand, you though. They'd rather you not have you. They want they want to do you stand they, in their way most of the time. The goal is to turn as many people as possible into But again, the problem is power. As long as the, the goal of your government, however you choose in your society to run your government, like if we were gonna start a new society tomorrow and you had to design a brand new way of governing, you have to design it where power isn't part of it. Because right now in our system, in our democracy, there's so much to be gained. There's so much to be gained between the money, the job offers, what you can do for your kids, your future, the titles, the the hand, the handouts, like all this shit. It, there's so much power that comes from it. People want it. And what have we said about absolute power corrupts absolutely? Like it's like the famous line. Because it's fucking it it's true. It happens. I mean, it's documented. It happens in every fucking government. It happens all the time. And in a lot of ways, like these local governments, I look to Manchester, New Jersey, some of them do a really good job. And some of them, even if you scale up, there are states in this country that do a really good job. But along the way, higher and higher you get up, there are... Because if you want to succeed in government and become a good politician the rules aren't set up this kind of goes back to your thing like democracy is over here. like the rules aren't set up to get the best people no the rules are set up to get like just shitty people like the amount of money you have to uh raise, raise. in order to run and keep your seats it's like a normal person who wants to get into politics to actually fix shit shouldn't be spending all their time raising money. They should actually be spending their time trying to fix the shit that they ran for. Talking to but instead, they're not doing that because they're just trying to raise money. They're going to fucking gala events to get their next donor. And, and what happens? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll donate to your campaign if you do this for me. Have you ever and, heard about... Everyone... Everyone. This, I hate when I say that, but I something I say a lot. Let's just say people have suggested to me over the years... That I should run because I'm so interested in politics and I always have excuses. And I often get told that they're all cop-outs and that's probably fair. But one of the big reasons why not. <clears throat> have you ever heard of some of the bullpen like call centers that rookie and young Congress people have to go to in order to... Like just hours that they have to fulfill? There are probably... hours and hours a week at a time that they have to be in like essentially just like a telemarketer cold calling donors to raise, yeah. to raise money. Yeah. That's the issue with the system. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying. So let's go to like... That's an issue with the system. What, and there's plenty of them. <laughs> so it's what What do you do? Well, that's what I, mean, I was we're saying. We're not going to fix that. Like, so, that's not going to change. That's what I was saying before. Think about all the shit we've done in the name of this democracy that's really just now become a facilitator, a mechanism in order to facilitate the oppressing class stranglehold over the American working class prosperity and fortune. They're really holding us hostage. We're doing all the work. We make all the money. We are the machines here, and they want to do nothing but stifle us out, but continue to use our money in order to fund all their schemes, in order to prop up their wars and all these. 
But in the name of this democracy, that's really just the mechanism in order to do all that, we've killed millions in the Middle East over the course of 20 years now. Millions, millions on all sides. Innocents, non-innocents, you know, militants, but just in almost indiscriminately at this point, we've embarrassed our good name. It's gone. Well, it's because <clears throat> there's no... The, the, the founding fathers, like, let's use them. You know, say what you want about them. We don't know. It's such a long time ago. We, we don't know their motives. But I think it's pretty safe to assume that they were here fighting on the front lines to, to make something of America and to, hey, we are fighting for this democracy. So They didn't say democracy. What'd they say? Republic. Okay. They're fighting for this republic. Well, actually, it's a huge difference. Um, but I, I kind of want to use like um, the analogy of like a business. Yeah. If me and you were to start a business, and we grow that business, it becomes successful, have the care that you put over that business. And then you give it to, to your son or daughter, whoever, and they take care of that business. And they saw how, how much love you had for it and the passion you had for it, and they treat it with that same care. And then their kid takes over. And it keeps going. And it's kind of like um, if you were to make a copy and then you keep making a copy of the copy yeah. of a copy. It's like at some point that next person's passion isn't the same as yours. And then that next person's passion isn't the same as theirs. And that's kind of where we're at now with the government. For decades and decades and centuries now, it's like those people, the, the people in our government right now, every single one of them, they don't have the same care for our republic or our country as the founding fathers did. No. Not at all. But at the same time, the system we're talking about that permeates not just our government, but just like institutions and power structures around the world. And like the media, in industries, in politics, and government, and everything, right? It insulates itself by recruiting, like any other organization, you know? It finds like-minded individuals, it brings them under the fold, it finds roles for them, well, that's why and it, it elevates them only as far as it, as they're able well, that's or why capable of That's why at like Harvard and Yale, you have these fucking secret clubs and these societies that... This is where these people come from. Like, yeah. Our government's run by literal secret yes, societies, like, and no one we, even blinks about it. At, where did Barack Obama go to school? Did he go to Harvard? Yeah, and Yale. And Yale? Okay. Both. It gets touted, right? Like, well, he's a he's a this person. He's a that person. <clears throat> this person graduated from here. It's like, I don't give a fuck where they graduated. <laughs> In fact, I hate that that's where they came well, from. Well, that's now... Because they're being tapped. So They are watching these people from a young age and say, this is our next guy. So, now you get accused of their... Conspiracy. And it's true. No, not conspiracy necessarily, but like that's anti-intellectual anti-intellectualism you don't want to necessarily just reject the institutions of Harvard and Yale on their face because they're Harvard yeah. and Yale but at the same time when you're only bringing into the fold people who are coming from these same educational pipelines you you only get the same type of thought in a way not all the time and some very brilliant people come from both institutions but over the long haul I don't necessarily think we're getting a diverse enough 
group of no thought. And what happens is as they politicians ins- are just lawyers and what like that's it. Like they're just like all kind of lawyers and and it's becoming it's almost become this nepotistic rubber stamp factory like in fucking California. Yeah. With Gavin Newsom. You can follow that fucking chain all the way back. It's crazy. Yeah. The like, families of political power in California, in New Jersey, in New York, like they're real. Yeah. And they go back decades and decades. So you're not, it's not a good thing. And it's. So maybe the idea isn't democracy isn't the most overrated thing. It's what democracy ultimately turns into. Not ultimately turns into, but can turn into. No, I don't think can. I don't think can's the word. I think it will. I think there it always will because the like what you're saying, right? Like the idea is flawed. It's always going to result to that. Always. Like eventually, the voters will eventually 100%. just vote for what's not good for them. They'll 100%. be convinced to vote for what's yeah. like the devil is ultimately going to convince the masses to believe the lies of whatever it is. Yeah. Because I mean, and it, it you're going to get accused. Forget left and right. I'm trying to really say it's that not like, left and right. Yeah. But you go back to literally Bill Clinton. You go back to George Bush. You go back whatever. They're telling you one thing, and you're getting the opposite. What is not good for you is what they are selling you, dude. Like I'm, that's what I'm saying. Right? It's like not left and right. Like let's use Trump. I voted for Trump. What did Trump really do for me at, the at end this of four point? Years? If he's out, if he's out, fuck not him, much. nothing. Fuck him. Like yeah. I'm sorry, seriously. Like, and I mean, so, I really appreciate the effort. So I, I guess, voted but... for. What did I vote for? I voted for certain things. Those certain things I voted for didn't get done. Some of them, I will and... say, he got done. Not got done. A lot of his shit's gonna get undone though a lot of it will but at least there was an effort not to escalate the wars which it's sad that 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 is you said by the way that they vetoed yeah that bill yeah because they're scumbags but that's what i'm saying i posted online that you know they're essentially one party this is the demo the democan party the republicrats democran Two-party system. Exactly. It's not... Thanks, Sage Francis. McConnell, Schumer, Mitt Romney, they're all the same. But that's fine, but you have to recognize that. And then we have to figure out how to fight for ourselves. The progressives are trying to have a people's party in some aspect and regard. What happened today? But we have to stop... Unfortunately, we have to put aside the actual policy. Because I'm a policy guy at the end of the day. I like governance and civics. It's too late for policy. You have to put that aside. Policy... It's Policy's over. gone. You the po- fuck universal health care. <laughs> yeah. Forget it. Fuck free college. We can't we have to stop talking about those things. None of those things are gonna get done. Or matter. Until you know when they'll get done? We have to when fire when they don't really care anymore and they'll just give you a fucking bone to shut you up. We have to but fire not every doing anything. We have to fire every single one of our politicians and then restructure 100%. our government almost from the ground up. Using the constitution I think is a really strong guide. Which, by the way, I'm going to use TikTok again. Yeah. But like, TikTok's a fascinating place. And, like, I, I kind of hated TikTok since I've, like, but what I will say, there's this beautiful little niche of on TikTok of, like, these young-minded people who are not Trump supporters. They're not Biden supporters. They're just young 16, 17, 18, 19-year-olds who are 
free fucking thinkers, man. And they know what's going on. And they're talking about the class warfare that, like, we're heading towards. And it's like, yes. We are going to simulcast our... When we start to simulcast this video, it will be on TikTok. Yeah. That'll be the platform. We're looking for we're looking for those kind of individual thinkers who need to hear it from kids who went through with the original Bernie Sanders movement. Yeah. Who were scorned by this Trump scandal. There's this girl who, like, her grandfather's like a spy uh-huh. and well not a spy used to be a spy and she like asks him questions and like just to tiktoks his answers and it's like it's fucking fascinating and it's like yeah it's not about party it's not about policy it's about like you're a pawn in the fucking chess game dude like sorry and we're back to that point in the podcast we're all gonna be dead <laughs> and we're all dead but we can't end it because there's other shit I want to talk about. There is. How long have we been going? It's only 48 minutes. Plenty. We could do another like 15, 20. One more segment. All right. Sorry if the volume's been all over. I am leaning in and out of this microphone like crazy tonight, everyone. We should just get two of these. That might help. And then like you have one and then I have one. Hey, I'm not opposed. That'd probably <laughs> be way better. Um... I would say the other thing I wanted to talk about are I noticed online there have been a very strong uptick on KOTOR 1 and 2 content over the last few weeks. And I don't know how much of it is attributed to KOTOR 2 coming live on the app store. No, it's out? It's out. When did it come out? Last week or maybe two weeks now. But a lot of people have been making all sorts of videos about KOTOR 2, retrospectives, re-reviews, replays. And I just think that there's a real sentiment for that era of Star Wars because of how defining those stories are in the minds of a lot of Star so, Wars fans today. I want to say, I've, I've started the Star Wars watch, the starting in chronological order. I finished Phantom Menace. I have finished um, Attack of the Clones. I'm halfway through Revenge of the Sith. I understand the complaints for them. I really do. I've been watching, like, trying to watch videos because... But I happen to really like these movies. I, th- I think they're really interesting. I love the idea of like the origin story to this world that started to go down downhill. And the politics of it that like they give a lot of crap for. Like I love that aspect. I think it's really cool. Like I don't Yeah, the taxation of trade routes probably isn't really entertaining for kids, <laughs> but like for me as like a twenty six year old, like the the parallels to like our actual Again, like this kind of actually goes back to what we were just on. Like the parallels to our democracy and how shit it is. Like, well, that, like Republic, Star Wars, Star Wars is just <laughs> nailing it, and it's like, yeah, this and like that's twenty years ago at this point. Um, Absolute power. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> fucking crazy. But these movies are funny. fascinating. So I've never played Kotor. You should. But I'm. I want to know more about like. They play pretty I well. Know, they play. Pretty, I want to know like play pretty well the in the origin of the Jedi Order. The like, origin of the Jedi Order? Like, where's those stories? Like, do those stories exist? Yes. But there are, are lore. There is lore about them. But most of that lore comes from other stories. There's no, like, direct story from that far back. But, like, the Jedi Order that is established in the KOTOR era is pretty early in our galaxy timeline. I like shit. Like, I know I like shit when, like, it takes me a long time to do it, to get through it. Because I spend so much time, like, pausing or stopping to read and, like, trying to do further information. So, like, as I'm watching Attack of the Clones, and then they introduce uh, Darth Tyrannus, Count Dooku, 
I find myself pausing the movie, Googling Count Dooku, and, like, going to, like, the Wikipedia, and just reading, like, his whole story. Like, I, I love it. Like, I love these characters and trying to get into, like, the mindset of, like, how did all this come to be? Like, it's, it's really cool. And I've watched the new movies. They don't give me any of that. There's nothing in the new movies that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd love to know more about this character. I don't care about that character. There's so many reasons and problems with the new movies. Compared to the prequels, the prequels were set up to fail because of how the hype was in terms of the weight for new movies. And yes, they did and they, rely way too much on the CGI. And they were very different from what the original three movies were. In a very risk-taking way, at least the first two, they kind of went back with... They went really actually for Revenge, Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of the which Sith is a great six. movie. Revenge of the Sith is six so far. I'm only halfway, but the the opening. I was gonna say opening battle, but I think I'm an hour in, and it's like the open. Oh God, I I don't even know how to describe it. They throw you into the movie where like it feels like you're still in the intro scene, and it's like, wait a minute, I'm an hour in. But that's what makes the original Star Wars movie so good because you start on the battleship. With Leia and R2-D2 and everything's hectic. And then it really doesn't slow down from then. Yeah, like you're, you're on Tatooine like, it feels and like it's slow for introducing you, it's like, like, no, like we're just going. Yeah. Like, we're just going in Revenge of the Sith. And and they try that in the original trilogy, in the, not the original trilogy, God forbid, in this new Disney sequel but trilogy. But it's so, it's just not good. The battle with Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting Count Dooku, not in Attack of the Clones, in Revenge of the Sith. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It was really well done. It's fun. And, and then in, in Attack of the Clones, the that whole last battle that takes like fucking 45 minutes is awesome. It is epic. Yeah. When all the Jedi come down and they're like, there's got Jedi just kicking ass. It, that is my favorite scene in all the movies. I really do like the, the Attack of the Clones. Um... And I agree with you that the politics in the prequel trilogy are, is really it's a lot fascinating, of right? Fun. Like I like it, but but at the time people weren't expecting that, I guess. And and I do not like a lot of the midichlorian stuff, and you know, a lot of the... so now for me it doesn't bother me. I think midichlorians is a perfectly fine. It's whatever. Yeah, like, I, don't, yeah. I get it, but, but I don't, I don't like midichlorians because I was really introduced to Star Wars through the Kotor universe so like the idea of the force as the omnipresent god that just is to me is really what the force is and midichlorians just really don't jive with that they don't do that yeah. so that's the only reason why it bothers me because like that's hokey you don't need these little microorganisms to make the force you don't have the to scientifically explain the force just like you don't have to scientifically explain god like the force is what gravity is. It'd be like weird, like if in Harry Potter they were trying to explain to you like magic, magic was it's like yeah. no, it's just magic. Like, yeah. It just exists. It's okay. I'll give you that. You yeah. don't have to go break it down with like your microscopes. What do you think of Darth Maul and the Battle of the Fates? I don't know what that is. What's the Battle of the Fates? Battle of the Fates is, is that the Qui Gon Jinn fight in Phantom of the Menace? Yes. Okay, Phantom of the Menace. Phantom, Phantom Menace. Menace. Um. So I texted you this, but like, my favorite Star Wars character of all time is Darth Maul. 
which is crazy because I've never seen the movie. But I've seen the action figures. Like, as a kid, the lightsabers when you bought dual-sided red lightsaber, fuck yeah. Like, that's awesome. Painted face with spiky head, even cooler. So he's a badass. He doesn't get utilized at all in the movie, but, like, he's still so sick. And the way he's, like, he kind of just kicks the shit out of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Like, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. Like, he kicks their ass. And then he dies. But, well, I guess he doesn't die, right? Because, like, he's in Attack of the, Cl- the Clone series. He does come back. And then they give him, like, spider legs or something. As a half robot, yeah. They kind of salvage him a little bit. It's weird. Which kind of, I guess, sets the precedent for Palpatine coming back. But the, the reasons against Palpatine coming back have nothing to do with whether or not you can make it, you can explain it in a satisfactory way, which I would argue they didn't even do. The arguments against Palpatine coming back are that it invalidates so much of what essentially, you know, constructed the original trilogy. Luke's character and Darth Vader's character, Anakin Skywalker's character, at six films worth of character development, is all based. Up, ooh, I wonder if that that definitely played. Um, six, you know, all that character development is rooted in this idea that they're going to topple the Empire by defeating the Emperor, and they do. And then you get to Ray's story, and it ends up well. No, Ray's just this chosen one hero who's never really had to come overcome anything. And here she is; she's actually the one who has to defeat Palpatine because well, kinda, Disney wants to create. Well, that's kind of where I'm getting. I'm starting to like get excited as I'm rewatching it and like going through. It's like you can love the prequels, you can hate the prequels, whatever. Like I really think the prequels do a good job of setting up the beginning of this story that we know the ending to. Yes. And once you know the ending, it's like, like I, I already know I'm going to get to the sixth movie, finish it, and not want to watch the next movies because it's over. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Why, why do I need more? The story that comes next, I don't think should have been that. Yeah. We've talked about that before. But like, yeah, like it's just like a, there's a really good beginning – because what you've effectively done is now make the three movies the middle. It's like, they're and not middle, it's the end. And not even just the middle, like, almost an irrelevant part. Because the whatever, middle. all the shit they fought for it just doesn't matter. Yes, because there's, like, no rebellion, really. But, yes, yeah, so but I'm enjoying it, and I really like it. I would recommend playing through KOTOR. It is cool I'll do that, too. It. it is cool seeing it go around. I'm... With the precedents being set by all these new remakes of old games coming out that are kind of really taking the old mechanics and transforming them in modern ways, it would be interesting to see if anyone takes a stab at KOTOR, giving it one and two, and maybe a true sequel. It all pretty much is in the Disney Legends category, so none of it is canon. It would be nice if they just kind of threw out so like the Star Wars Old Republic MMORPG game and give you an end to that trilogy that is satisfying. But that'll probably never happen. And I don't think you I want said, that. And I said, yeah, I've said this to you. Don't let anyone touch it. It's almost not worth them touching it because... You can imagine how it ends in your head. Yeah, they'll just bastardize it. Yeah. And I will, I will never be satisfied. Um, before we end, you want to talk about Doctor Who? So I'm pretty far along now. Where are you? I'm in Matt Smith's tenure at this point. We're in season six, I think. What did Rachel think of the Pandorica opens and the Big Bang? Really like those episodes, but I, will... I think they're so. I think that's best. The best of New Who. 
I it's been a while since I rewatched it, so I don't know if I'm gonna eat the words on this complaint. But it is kind of lame that they end season five mm-hmm. with the Pandorica opens, which is so good. But then it's all about the Doctor being contained in this ultimate prison that he'll never escape from. And then immediately go to the impossible astronaut to start the next season, forgetting the Christmas special in between. That's yep. awful. Yeah, I don't like that one. And it's pretty, pretty much the Doctor dies... And just like he dies in the Pandorica opens, mm-hmm. and they have to figure out why he died by well, him being trapped in a prison that he can't ever get out of. It's like we just did this. Yeah, I get that. Um, they do kind of follow the same kind of. It's like, did you just like look at the last one? It was like, well, I mean, we already wrote this, but we wrote that. But like, let's do it again. Because I think overall, I think it was. The Pandoric open storyline worked really well. I was like, well, this was cool. There was lots of twists and different things. Like, And I think Doctor Who's at its best when they do really good time travel. Like, time travel is such a fun thing that, like, sometimes they don't utilize in Doctor Who. A lot of the times they don't utilize. So, like, in the Pandoric opens when he has, like, the little wristwatch. And they're doing, like, they call it, like, uh, junky time yeah. travel. Like, that shit's cool. Like, that they can show him manipulating the future and the present and the past all in one, like, in a couple decisions. He's actively doing it. Like, that's really cool. And I think they just tried to kind of get into that same mindset in the next season. It just didn't work as well. It doesn't always have to make sense. I'm telling you, that first season of Matt Smith is peak Doctor Who for me. I think so, too. And the crack in the wall and the silence. The way they the way they bring it all together in one season, like I think it works really well. So now in the beginning of season six, it is the silence, which is a pretty good monster. Really good. And monster. that is the whole reason why they're putting the doctor in the prison again. It's really just an excuse to get him to the silence and all that. Yeah. But it is starting to get to the point where my favorite episode is the rings of Ashkatosh? Is that the name of that episode? Akatin. But that's because of the speech. Yeah. I think that, that speech is fantastic. And I've watched um, people reviewing that season. They get to that episode and they're like, what a cheesy speech. Like, they don't like it. And I'm like, I think I think that's like one of his, like, Matt Smith's best moments. I think, it's the, I think it is the high moment. And I hate Clara, but like... That's her good episode for That's her. a good episode She's not bad that first season. No, not at all. It's not until... She gets bad when they make her the Doctor. And, and make Capaldi a useless That first shit. season of Capaldi, now I'm about to rewatch it when we get there. But that first season of Capaldi, if I remember correctly, isn't terrible. It's just starting to like, you're like, come on, it could be... It's not good. And then it just never recovers. But I'm now about halfway through Matt Smith, and I can say I still love Matt Smith. I think he's he is the Doctor. He's a great Doctor. And you can see how the writing and everything really hits its stride and starts to come together. But you can also see where it starts to come undone yes. around the edges as well. Like yes. where you're like, okay, they're starting to go in different directions where it's like you can start to see a lot of the political, not political, but social, maybe cultural agenda that's starts to the ideology that gets pushed bit. there. I mean, the relationship between Rory, Amy, and the doctor. Very While weird. funny and weird, it's completely this progressive liberal 
mindset of a relationship, which is fine. But definitely can see how that, where that's all coming from and how that down the line influences the show. And not just that, just like the people who are writing the ideology behind it. There's a lot that then comes from it. But on the whole, I really do appreciate what Doctor Who was in that era because it's so fun watching him, you know, whiz about and just be... He's, it doesn't have that's to make why sense he's just such, be entertaining. That's why he's. I think he's such a good doctor. I think he's the most entertaining doctor. The problem is the show stops becoming stops being entertaining. Yeah, it just gets really dry. And, and I think that's serious. It's another thing like heavy. Capaldi. Um, that is unfortunate about his time as the doctor is like his stories weren't good. It's not that he wasn't a good doctor. It's like I really believe like the doctor can only ever be as good as the stories the doctor. Yeah, gets. like where is he? Is it interesting? Is he doing and something? He doesn't. Matt Smith benefits from he gets the best stories. He gets a lot of really good stories. He gets a lot of good things. And David Tennant gets a lot of good stories too. David Tennant gets Blink, which is like the best story. It's uh, the best that's like, my that's my go to episode to like show someone Doctor Who. Yeah. Even though there's like not even that much Doctor in it, it is a good fucking episode of television. Yeah. It really is. Alright. I'm good now. Okay, you got all, everything off your chest. I saw a meme the other day that was, why do boyfriends, I think, start podcasts instead of going to therapy? <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's apt. But I, I do appreciate this time, and I hope that everyone out there who ever tunes into this you know, hope you're doing well. We're I thinking about you. I haven't seen my therapist in like two months at least. <laughs> so thanks, podcast. Yeah, it's there about, you go. This is episode eight. It's about two months. Save yourself money. Start your own podcast. No one will listen. I was thinking about that today. Like You'll how much feel money better. I spent on the therapist. I'm like, did my therapist really do anything? Well, I, I appreciate what I've experienced. Try something new. Podcasting. There it is. All right, well, thank you, everyone. See you next week. Play the catch-up, please. Like, I was gonna go smoke.
It's really good to hear your voice My name is Sam so sweet Oh my god And we're back It is recording That's good Because I wanted it to record Can you hear the jiggling of the glass on the table? Uh, probably Yeah you can 